Welcome to the Do Hard Things podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. Are you ready to amplify and improve your life? Then you're in the right place. On this podcast, we have unfiltered conversations with inspiring people who take on challenges and are here to share with us their wisdom from their journey. We talk about how doing hard things enable all of us to adequately deal with life struggles and challenges and to ultimately improve the quality of our lives. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Do Our Things podcast. I'm your host, JT, certified high performance coach, and today I have the great, powerful Julie Holly with us. How are you doing, Julie? Oh, Jay, I'm so happy to be here. This this is like the inner. I came from my book club right into this. I, it's the best Wednesday morning ever. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And uh, we had uh, met through uh, Faisal, who was uh, I had the pr- privilege and honor of working with him recently. He's uh, one of my coaches, and he connected us, and immediately. When uh, we did a connection call, it was like, oh, she's out doing hard things. She's out mountain biking, doing all this <laughs> awesome, epic stuff. She's also um, in uh, you know, a high performance coach herself. And we just had great synergy. I'm like, yeah, I would love to have you uh, come on the podcast to talk about your journey and what you're working on. So I'm glad that you're taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I love doing hard things. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's that's where you grow. So I'm going to read your bio real quick for those that are that are listening. So Julie is the founder of Three Keys Investments. She helps people find their freedom through multifamily real estate investing so they can live a life of their dreams. She's invested in single family homes, house, hacked before it had a name, managed properties from 1,000 miles away, and passively invested in multifamily assets. Currently, Julie is passively invested in nearly 300 homes or doors, strategically partnered in 68 Atlanta-based and a general partner in 387 units. So quite the portfolio, a lot of experience there. Her podcast, The Conscious Investor, is designed to support investors at every step of their journey. So you can enjoy over 300 episodes on mindset, how highly successful investors overcome the limitations and become unstoppable forces of success. Uh, Julie's care for the financial well-being of investors, as well as her experience as a public school teacher. Thank you for your service. Uh, Ability to relate with people, allow her to raise capital for the team's offering. She regularly speaks at national events, serves clients at a high-performance coach, and runs the five-week book and networking club to consciously support people. In her free time, she likes to go back country mountain biking with her family and friends. She bakes delicious treats to share with others writes grants for nonprofit organizations and mentors young entrepreneurs. So she has her finger in a lot of different things, incredibly knowledgeable. What did I miss? <laughs> You've missed that that baking part really stinks right now while I'm doing 75 hard because I put in my chocolate chip cookie recipe and figured out the nutrition and realized that I can have maybe one cookie a day. So oh, it's, you know. it's, it's that's tough. How's how's seventy five hard going for you so far? What day are you on? I am. I started no, uh, November first. I'm on day number sixteen, and uh, I will be done on January fifteenth. Okay. And yes, everyone listening, I will have a glass of wine on January sixteenth the next day. No, yeah, I'm not absolutely. staying up till midnight <laughs> to make it happen. It's not that important, but I look forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, you're in that part. Like I've I've done 75 hard a couple of times. For those that aren't familiar with it, most of our audience should be, but it's basically five tasks that you do over a period of 75 days. If you miss a task, you have to start over. Uh, but it's uh, drink a gallon of water a day, 
work out twice a day, 45 minutes each. One has to be outdoors. You got to read 10 pages of a book. Stick to a diet, no cheat meals, no alcohol. I'm missing one more thing. What's the other thing? Am I gonna? Am I gonna? I should know. Oh, right the up. daily photo. The daily photo, and that's the daily photo is like the one thing that a lot of people miss. It's the easiest thing to do, but if you don't, uh, it's easy to slip. So, is it say so? I, on my daily photo, I've been taking pictures like as I'm exercising, maybe walking the dog, things like that. I'm like, I don't know if it counts. I'm kind I think, of. I think you're supposed to take it uh, in front like of a mirror. You're supposed profile to take. Same photo every day is what you're supposed to do, I believe. Is it? I didn't read the. Maybe I, maybe I should have. Uh oh. Uh oh. Because yeah, there's a. If you haven't listened to his podcast that outlines the details, he gives the reason why for every single task and addresses why it's important. Because I and they put some thought into it, which is pretty neat. So. So the moral of the, the like already listener, you're walking away with some gold right here because the moral of the story is. When you say yes and commit to something, you might want to do a little more research. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got the whole little like, okay, these are the things I have to do. Cool, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that that clarification because there's a lot of sites where people like are go back and forth. That's why he ultimately created the podcast to address some of those things. So don't stop, keep going, and oh. uh, you know when you get to that day, you know you get to day seventy five. Maybe go back and re-listen to everything and see like, okay, do I want to attack this again? Because I've done 75 hard three times, I think, 75 hard itself. But I went through all the phases at least once. And I've hit a couple oh, wow. of the phases numerous times. But, it, um, you know, going all the way through the entire year is life-changing. It's, That's it's, so. I don't know that I can, I don't know that I feel like committing for an entire year, but I'm definitely committed for the 75 days, uh, which is through the holidays, which is really pretty intense to start and winter on the Canadian border is pretty cold. Um, But it's like, even like the concept and the reason why I even decided to do 75 hard was I'm like that mental toughness. Like we talked about it, like do hard things. I'm like, I love doing hard things. I, and I noticed that I was getting a little squishy and Mm. I'd been pursuing personal development, business development, all of these things intensely like my friends think I'm just ridiculous and um maybe even lost some friends through this process right but I'm doing I'm pushing so hard and then I realized maybe the last year even my body got a little squishy which Mm -hmm. is not I'm like if you're watching this I don't feel like I'm I'm not I'm not out of shape (laughs) but for me it feels squishy I'm like oh and and for I your own standards of where you're at and how you how you feel. Yeah. Of like, yeah, exactly. And I said, I'm like, my body is getting a little squishy. I'm getting a little sedentary. I'm sitting on my butt more than I'm like yeah. I'm making excuses and not getting outside on my bike as much as I used to. I'm making excuses and saying, no, I just need to like finish up this project because it'll advance it. And I started making all these like excuses, which is a mindset issue. And also like so then right, I always believe and I, I teach my kids this, like our outside is uh, like our brand ambassador for what we have going on on internally. And so for me, the way I look at that is if I'm feeling, if I am feeling, and it is a feeling, if I am feeling squishy on the outside, more than likely I've got some soft, squishy spots on the inside, some mindset issues that are a little bit soft that need to be, you know, like snapped back into shape because I'm ambitious. And so really taking on 75 hard was for me addressing that. 
and taking it because yeah. I'd made excuses to not take it, it you know, not, not take the challenge. And I'm like, okay, well, what better time of year to really take the challenge? I mean, like do hard things, do it during the holidays and during winter. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah. But that's really going to build out that mental toughness and fortitude that I want to carry me into. I don't want to wait till a new year to gain any level of momentum. I am like, I always try to like get that running start into my new year far, like well before it's right there. Yeah. I I mean, when I think about like, um, we're we're very much like a butcher's knife, right? You're, you have a sharpened Mm. edge and if you use a knife over and over and over again without sharpening, it's going to, it's going to get a little dull and you've got to put it in into a sharpener and and sharpen it from time to time. That's usually through some type of stretch goal that pu- pulls you outside of your comfort zone because that's where you grow. That's how you sharpen your edge mm-hmm. again. And I mean, we're both performance coaches, but we we both know that you know it kind of ebbs and flows. So if you find yourself getting a dull edge, well, you got you got to go sharpen yourself, and that enables you to help other people better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's part of the human experience. Is like. You know, and, and, and I, I like how you equated it. If there's something happening in my body that I'm not happy with, well, it's usually got to do with the mindset because mindset, I think, is is critical to everything. Mm-hmm. The um, So I, I like that you bring that up because I think that's uh, that's a challenge for most people. But you're taking action and you're out there getting after it. I think 75 hard is one of many different tools and exercises that you can pull out. And I think that we need to have different challenges that, that push us right. So so we can find different ways to sharpen our edge. I love that. I love that analogy of the butcher's knife. Cause I think we can all relate to how miserable it is and you do have to sharpen it. And that's just such a tangible way to wrap one's mind around that concept. And so oftentimes, and I will take on other challenges on a regular basis, but, but this particular challenge it's calling like, and, and so listener, you probably have a challenge in your face right now that you're avoiding. And so, you know, stop avoiding it because we do need to be sharper. I love that. It helps everybody else out. I got a scar on my hand. I had a Swiss army knife when I was younger. So when I first joined the army and uh, I knew I needed to sharpen it, but I was just too lazy. I just kept putting it off and putting it off. One day I was trying to cut uh, a tie off something and it went into my hand. So now I got this nice little scar here. I'm like, you know what? If I would have just took the time, to sharpen the edge. I would right. not have this lifelong scar in my hand, but because uh-huh. I was too lazy to sharpen my edge, you know, now I got this nice little scar here. Um, mm-hmm. So sharpen your edge. You got to keep your edges sharp because if not, the consequence is like you work with a dull knife. I mean, you can, that's usually where big cuts happen, right? That's where you usually do oh one of the most harms when you get dull. Gosh. And you know, that is such a good, another great analogy that transcends, like goes into everything where we put it off. A lot of times we'll say, oh, I'm building my business because um, I want more time with my family. And, but we have our nose buried in our phone or in a computer screen, or we're on calls and in meetings and we're not present. And so we're detached from those we love. We, you know, wreck those relationships that are closest to our hearts it, it, like we will do this in so many different ways as we're trying to do something good. And so like keeping mm-hmm. that sharp edge so that we don't have that slip up. That's yeah, really key. Uh, you know, I like what you bring up. Uh, there's been moments in my life where I was trying to do something good, thinking that if I put in all the hours chasing mm-hmm. this goal or this dream at the sacrifice of my health or my relationships, yes. that goodness would like, that would overshadow 
the pain and, and, and that that doesn't work out very well. I've learned that the hard way and that that ultimately led to a divorce. Right. So um, being present is a pillar of high performance. And it's not like you need equal parts, you know, work versus equal off. It's just making those moments count, making that a priority. And everybody knows when you're present and not present. So yeah. I'll sit down and I don't really like watching TV or movies. I'd rather be like reading a book or something, <laughs> but I will sit down and watch my son play video games and mm-hmm. he will say, put your phone away. He says that and, to you. Yeah. He'll say, it's oh, me. he'll make sure yeah. he will make sure like, no, you can't have your phone. And if mm-hmm. I'm sitting down to watch TV, a show with my daughter, it's like, she'll usually say like, no phones, no phones. Oh, like, so they know, but we also have to give them permission. Like, particularly if we're talking about like the, you know, younger people in our lives, you know, sometimes they're, they're conditioned by our culture to say like, oh, I can't say that to a grown up. Like I can't, I'm not their boss. I, it's disrespectful, but to actually extend that permission to say, Hey, you are welcome to express this. You are welcome to remind me. You're welcome to put me in check on this because we know this is our value. Yeah, no, that's powerful that you have your kids at that level, you know, already aware of that being present. I think that's powerful because my kids, I'm still, I'm still struggling in that aspect. You know, they're all into their electronics and stuff like that. But we, you know, we we do try to make time where we're putting the screens away and, and getting that connection time. But the next level for me as a parent is getting them to that, right? Is to getting them conscious and aware and telling me to put my phone away. And I think that's good. That's awesome. Oh, I just got the coolest book. It's not on my book. Usually I, people know me as like, I'm Houdini and I'm always pulling book out books out. I think it's inside my house right now, but it is, it's a book that is actually about how technology is changing the way our brain is working and what we need to do about it. It's really oh, so exciting. Someone recommended a similar, like that, that topic. I don't know if it's the same book. Um, was it about kids or is it about It's about all people. Hmm. All people. It's a topic I'm going to tackle next year. I have Indistractable on my shelf over there. I'm looking forward to diving into that as well. Yeah. I, I find most uh, people in our society now, especially as I work people with in performance coaching is getting focused is really a challenge when you have all these different distractions that are out there vying for your attention. The media, mm-hmm. social media is all designed to be addictive. Like I love our capitalist society, but everything is geared toward getting your attention and keeping it holding on to as long as money. possible. Cause that's where the money is, right? <laughs> yeah, man, those ads. <laughs> yes, it, it is. And so like holding us. So again, that even goes back to that mental toughness, that awareness that I'm strong enough to withstand that for me right now. It's, I, I really don't like cold chocolate chip cookies. I really only like them straight out of the oven and I made them last night and they had pecans in them. It's like, Oh, man. I probably could have e- easily eaten a half dozen, but that would have been all I would have had out of the entire batch because I don't like cold chocolate chip cookies. But it's like that fortitude to just like, and that's 75 hard is one of those vehicles to sharpen that part. It's just to be like, okay, I, I'm not going to do that. This morning when I drove my kids to school, I literally, or maybe when I was driving to the gym with my son, I was literally thinking like, okay, so when I want to have some of those chips or whatever it is, like what's the message I'm going to tell myself, you know, cause we have to think ahead and plan ahead for those moments. We have to plan ahead for that distraction. We have to, you know, and now we have tools on our phones that can actually be set to put it into like a rest mode or into a ways so that we're not as distracted. And so like 
actually learning how to use those tools and then honoring those tools and their role in our lives so that, you know, it's not just some tool that's sitting there. Going back yeah, to the knife, our- if we have the knife sitting there and we're trying to use a butter knife to cut a tomato when we have a really nice serrated knife that can, you know, blast through it nicely. I mean, like, let's get the right tool for the job. Yeah. This, this little device can be incredibly powerful. You can, you can run, you can start a business, um, manage, sell products. You can make a lot of money with this thing, or this thing can be used to completely distract you, suck you in, pull you into conversations. And a lot of negative things can happen with this thing. So you gotta be very careful with this thing. But it all goes back to mindset, having the discipline, a handheld computer. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, you ever see that, uh, the radio shack ad where you have like all these different things, 1970s, it was like, $10,000 $10,000 if you bought them all individually. You have all of that in this little device that you can hold in your hand. It's amazing how quickly technology has changed. But with that, I don't know that we as humans have developed the capacity to really just manage this, which I think speaks to a lot of the mental health issues that we're having in our in our mm-hmm. country right now. Hence why I think the the personal growth and development work is so incredibly important because it gives you that psychological awareness and discipline to keep you on the path and keep you focused on the things that matter. And I'm telling you, as someone that is a practitioner, and and it's a very small percentage that actually like are are like nerds like us that geek out on books and are doing the work. It's like 10% of people engage in it, but I feel like it's a constant slog and I'm a performance coach. I feel like there are times that I get pulled off the path and I got to get back on, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's, oh gosh, I can't imagine not having like personal development, personal transformation taking place. So I've, I've posted on social platforms, like not to go back to, but yeah, going back to 75 hard, I want to meet the person at the other end of this. I want to meet her. I want to meet the woman at day 75. Because when we read books, when we're willing to um, stretch ourselves, we're transforming. And we can do that. And we can um, collapse that timeline when we choose to do some really intense challenge. And so when we take that on, but that personal development opens us up. Imagine if we were walking down a corridor, I always think of because I travel a lot of, of, you know, the hallways with hotel rooms and there are all these different doors along the side but just imagine if those doors weren't just to the side of you but if those doors were more sequential straight ahead and the moment we transform it's like we have a key that can unlock that door and we can we can go through we can step through a threshold and now we're in this whole new section that we've never seen and never explored before. I mean, the world is so exciting. When you think about every time you are transforming and evolving as a person, um, you're seeing the world in a new way. How cool is that? So all of the things that we experience are now renewed experiences and renewed opportunities. And if we continually go through those doors, our life is just a constant series of, wow, I never saw it like that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. And now I can support this person in this capacity. And that person's helping me out because I can receive it now. I have the bandwidth mm-hmm. and the knowledge. It's so cool. Yeah. That requires an open mind and having a general curiosity and awe and wonder of the world as I have become. Because I look at earlier in my life, I felt like I was pretty close-minded. 
uh, due mm-hmm. to some of my upbringings. I think humans go through a domestication process of some kind <laughs> in your upbringing and church and school. And those influences, those external influences are very powerful. And I, I, I just look back at my life early on. I felt like I was very closed minded. And I, I was a kind of a late bloomer in my personal growth and development journey. But when I developed that sense of, you know what, like there's the matrix over here, but then there's a whole new, like, that's one way of getting through the world. But when I started to read and open my mind and become generally curious, like a lot of great things started to shift, more opportunities, mm-hmm. deeper conversations. I found more fulfillment, more happiness on that journey. Mm-hmm. So and, what- and to be it becomes oh. a little bit easier. I, I just wanted to go, go to what you were saying about, you know, like we, we are, we are totally shaped by the environment that we're surrounded in. And I know for me, um, I love, I have a very strong faith. I love Jesus so much. And that's just like an anchor in my life. But I was so scared of ever reading anything because I'm like, well, I don't want to get misled. I don't want to have my brain filled with wrong things. And, uh, and so in that regard, I was a late bloomer because I restricted my bandwidth and my capacity for content to a very niched down content. And over the you know last few years, three, five years that I've been read, reading, just like, oh my gosh, exponential growth. And I find all these concepts, like it's so complementary to my faith. It's like, mm. actually helps me understand. It's just beautiful. It's like, Oh my gosh, I I can I see deeper, richer meaning in my faith now because I read these books and some people have their different beliefs, but it's like it's just really a, a really fantastic experience. So what I'm hearing is like you probably you, you grew up like the, the Bible and that series of books, the ultimate personal development uh, guide, right? There's a lot, so much wisdom. But what I'm hearing is like you pretty much had your focus in the in the scripture, and but when you when you went beyond, it enriched, you know, your feelings and, and deepened your faith because you you tied that in with what you already knew from your learning in the, of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I love the Bible. I think it's like so fascinating and just so rich. And I always gain something new from, from the yeah. Bible. And I love the Old Testament. You had a bunch of stories of real people doing really dumb things and some yeah. really hard things. Like, it's human behavior at its at its best and worst, which is, I mean, like who chronicles that? Like, how cool is that, that it's actually chronicled within a Holy Bible, you know, like no holds barred. I mean, like, that's pretty cool. But, you know, when reading in those, you know, outside in the personal development space and even business books, it's just really neat where you can just see this arch, this, this link. And we, I mean, that's our brain. We have a natural way about us that wants to create congruency between our worlds and wanting to link those together. And so. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It complements uh, one another and having the open mindedness to know, because I know that people that are strictly scripture and that's all they do or yeah, I, I think having it's not written by someone who's quoting the Bible every other line, then you better not be reading. I, yeah. I mean, like that's how I think my brother was reading who moves the cheese back in our twenties. And I just remember being like, you know, you better be careful. And and now I just laugh about that. Because and how often do we do that? But it's not just with books based off of our ideology. Like, um, I, I I'm very open about well, so many things. So like even politics, like, well, 
why are you being close-minded? Why aren't you considering that candidate? Why aren't you really looking into something like, so like we could get, if we go into the sensitive issues, it can really amplify and help us see where we are not challenging ourselves and where we're getting soft and squishy. Like we don't want to be soft and squishy. We don't want to just be complacent and say, well, this is the only way and this is the right way. It's like, it, it, okay. It can be the only way in the right way. Let's continue to go down the path. Let's continue to look at other things. Uh, and it becomes a menagerie. Uh, and, and then you start to find that when you live in an echo chamber and that doesn't matter what your echo chamber is, you're living by other people's rules. And you're not living an authentic life that you were created for. And so when we own things for ourselves, which is a very few percentage of people that are willing to actually say, no, this is what I believe. I've done my research. I've done my studying. I've done my homework. This is what I believe. This is why I believe it. And this is how I'm going to choose to live my life. Power. Absolutely. You have the power because I, I absolutely agree. I have felt uh, earlier on in my life, I fell into a couple echo chambers. And what I realized yeah. is I didn't have a lot of control. It was other people's ideology. And I just took it at face wow. value because I wasn't doing the research. I was too lazy to do the research on my own and come to my own conclusions. Mm-hmm. But when I started reading and educating myself on a variety of different topics and just become just, you know, it, it enabled me to learn more about the world and it gave me my own perceptive and it, which ultimately opened my mind to other people's opinions and views that I wasn't that earlier in my life, mm-hmm. I was very, you know, lockstep in line with, with certain ideologies. It's so fascinating when we think about, um, is it does it, it, this is, again, listener, this crosses <clears throat> all, it doesn't matter if it's faith and religion. It doesn't matter if it's politics. It doesn't matter if it's your favorite college football team or sports team or which branch of the military you think is best. It does none of those things matter. Like you just have to like pull back and release those things and take a, like a different, you take a broad perspective of what's taking place. One of the most interesting books, two of the most interesting books I've read that <clears throat> provided some probably more of a challenge um, it, actually three of them, uh, would be like Michael Neal's super coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in my oh, book cart. I haven't read it yet. Or I, th- I started re listening to the audiobook. That was really good so far, but I didn't get through you. That. You really should not the awake, not the awakened family. Why do I not have her book? She has a book on, um, parenting, which was just like a whole different way of looking at parenting than anything I had ever been exposed to. And it was very, different than how I was raised to raise children. And I am so grateful that God brought that material into my life via my high performance coach. If I saw, I'm so grateful because I have a son that is hardwired in his own unique way. And he's so fantastic. And I wasn't reaching him. I think I'm doing better now. But I mean, like, I definitely was just like having a difficult time, but reading that content and looking at how my son is created and designed, that book allowed me to see something totally different. I would never have picked up that book before, ever, just because it was like, oh, that's going to be really different. Or Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, just finished Mm -hmm. that. And that is just like, mind blown, (laughs) you know? just a very, very insightful opportunity. It's an opportunity 
to follow curiosity and to be gain more insights. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how a book can like make significant transformation in your life, that, mm-hmm. that little bit of knowledge. So tell us about your path to personal growth and development and what you, got you on this path. Of, were you always a, uh, a reader? I was not always a reader. Reading was such a struggle when I was little. Uh, however, I've always wanted to be a writer and writers are supposed to be readers. So then I was like, oh, I can't be a writer because I'm not a reader. And it was this vicious cycle. I finally dug my heels in the sand and just said, I know I have something that I need to say and contribute to the world and I need to stop making excuses. So that was, um, in my, like later thirties is after my daughter is born. So I don't know, I was like 36 or so. And I just dug my heels in the sand and that was where I did the first hard thing. Uh, I've done lots of hard things. My whole world is like all about doing hard things. However, um, that hard step was reaching out and actually saying to a friend of mine, I want to be a writer. And I was doing little writing stuff on the side. I'm like, you know, what do you think? And she encouraged me, gave me a connection to someone who is a part of a writer's guild. And I didn't know anything about these things. I was living in California. I drove over to, uh, she, she lives in the East Bay. So I drove over to Berkeley. We met, we had breakfast. Next thing you know, I'm applying to this writer's guild. Lo and behold, they accepted me. I'm like, oh, I don't even know why they're accepting me. But it gave me that exposure. But like when we're willing to say, I don't feel like I'm prepared and I don't feel like I have everything that it takes, but I'm willing to learn and I want it. And so, and I'm humble enough to put myself in this, in the, in the seat of discomfort in order to bring that about. Ultimately, I think that was really the um, precipice of exploding the personal growth because of the caliber of people I was surrounded by um, being encouraged and mentored within my writing and then I started reading a lot more and that kind of snowballed. But really once I, um, I had this like crossover, I joined a, uh, apartment investing community, you know, and it was just this phenomenal experience where I joined that community and in joining that community, I didn't realize I had access to a high performance coach. It just completely changed my world. The type of people, again, the type of people that I was exposed to, um, having a high performance coach and also having a real estate investing mentor specific, like that is my mentor, it just completely shifted and just allowed me to grow exponentially. I wanted it. I wanted to do the work. I was willing to do the work because I have a vision. I want to serve and support people. How can I do that if I don't have all the tools and the resources and it doesn't matter how many knives are on the table. And I've got this great elk that I might want to process. But if I, if I don't know how to use those knives or if I don't know how to process, you know, that, that wild yeah. game, it's worthless. So we have to start with us. We have to start with the internal work and being willing to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you and I accept you where you are. And this isn't over. Let's get to work. It's okay. We can say the scary things to ourselves. We can say, we can point out the areas where we need to grow and that's okay. It's, it's not like, it's not this doomsday thing. It's honestly really exciting. And I think you probably feel the same way. Like the more you do it, the more excited you are like, Oh my gosh, I just found this. What's going to happen when 
when I, you know, I grow through this, what's that going to lead me to? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, what you said something about uh, being starting at like you said, 36, right. Is when you started to really like starting yeah. to read a lot. I was probably about the same age, 35, 36 years old. That's when I had my, it was about 10 years ago. Yeah. When I had my big, like I, I wanted, I had went down a really dark path and looking at my habits, you know, I started picking up a book from a mentor called the slide edge and it talked about oh wow just the little things. And that was the perfect book at the right time that I needed. And I just committed to like 10 pages a day. And that mm-hmm. really, the more that I read, the more it just unlocked my mindset and, and really helped me just overcome this darkness that I had in, in my mm-hmm. life. That simple little habit of, of mm-hmm. just reading 10 pages. Cause I'm not, I'm not one to sit and read like a hundred pages or sit down now. and read for an hour. Very short. I get my nugget and then I move on with my day. But keeping that habit going mm-hmm. has really helped me uh, significantly. And it's led, uh, it's opened up some doors of opportunity that I never thought possible. It's, it's such a great point. So I have, um, and I don't know if you're posting this on, on online a video, but I, I'm holding up the book my book club is currently reading called the 8020 Sales Marketing. Yep. So great by Perry Marshall. But I mean, I actually sectioned off for, for the weeks. The reason I'm showing this is that you can read a book. If you read 10 pages every day, because I organize these books and I make sure that we have an actual reading schedule that everybody's following so our conversations are more directed. But if you read 10 pages um, just Monday through Friday, every five weeks, you will go through almost any book that you pick up. Minimum. Minimum. Probably, you'll probably plow through it in in four weeks. But um, if you just, and if you read... Monday, you know, seven days a week, 10 pages a day, you're going to be three and a half, four weeks going into a new book. But I think there's so much value to reading. Like you said, I read for 30 minutes each morning and, uh, and I don't pressure myself. It's not a big deal. It's like, it's just part of the day and getting that one nugget versus some people want to read a book a week and, you know, more power to them, but I want to actually be able to apply it to my life and see you know, like unearth it, unpack it a little bit more than just like, cool, I read a book and I got one thing from it. Like, if I'm going to take time and read it, I want to, I want to have this experience and we have access to all of these amazing people and their expert minds or their ideas that can help sharpen us. What a great opportunity. How much money would you pay to go sit and have coffee with these authors, Mm -hmm. but you get to be part of their mind. I'm listening to Simon Sinek who I just adore right now. Um, and and it's like, golly, this is just so rich. We're so yeah. blessed. I love Simon Sinek. He's that dude is sharp. Uh, yeah. But I, I I'm in a stage now, and I don't know if you've found this yet, but in my in my personal growth and development journey, I'm finding that I'm slowing down the pace on my reading just a little bit because when I'm I, I have so much knowledge now that I can reference and spit out things, but I'm trying to go back and maybe reread some books that were mm. impactful and do more implementation because I think it's easy. And I see this happen a lot. I, I really, I started a 75 hard Facebook community and I recall back when we had like uh, we had a lot of people doing it, like people that haven't been engaged with personal growth and development, then they get on fire about it they start to read and read and read and they just overwhelm themselves with knowledge uh, because they're excited about it, which is cool. 
but eventually nothing changes because you haven't implemented. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in a stage now where I'm kind of going back and like, hey, what were some of the books that really resonated with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and going back and re-listening to the audible version of it, rereading it, highlighting it, find that process and just sticking with that process and that methodology. Because I think that you can you can lead your learning to randomness and it can actually overwhelm you or becomes, um, it just doesn't make the impact that it should because mm-hmm. you're not doing anything with the knowledge. What do you think about that? I love that. I mean, it's no different than the person that's procrastinating and they're just finding that, oh, I just, I just need to learn this one more thing. I just need to get this one more skill set, and then, and then I can do it. And so it can be a really comfortable spot to just sit behind a book and be like, oh my gosh, that's so, so, oh my gosh, insightful, smart, this, that, right? Oh, I should do this or that. The books don't hold any value if you don't implement them. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the power comes from. That's one, one reason why I love um, the book and networking club. It was this inadvertent thing. I have, this is the only book club I've ever been a part of just really funny. And I did not tell anybody that when I started it, but this is a, at the tail end of 2020, I knew I wanted more for my investment company and my personal development in 2022. So I picked up high performance habits um, my coach had been recommending it. I finally started taking his book recommendations seriously. And I thought I need exactly. I'm like, can I grab it off the shelf? Right here. I got it here. I got it all marked <laughs> up. I reference this one all the time. All the time, all the time. And and so like, uh, if you haven't picked up Brandon Burchard's high performance habits, make sure you do. It's a super powerful book. I like outside accountability because I am like many people where I will show up better for other people than I will for myself. And so I thought, I'm going to start a book club. And I'm just going to read this one book. And I paced it out. I have a background in education. So I just like mapped it out for eight weeks. I had this great plan. I got people to show up in my small town in person. And then I started also started a virtual book club. And the in-person book club faded out after that book. It wasn't as effective. And it was also super, I love early mornings, but it was kind of like, this is kind of wrecking my schedule. Uh, so all that to say, the virtual book club now two years later is still alive and vibrant and thriving. And what it does is it allows you to have a point to actually discuss the content. Sometimes when we read it on our own, it's we have our own echo chamber and our mm. own biases. And when we read in community, now we're having like a variety of experiences and perspectives that are coming to the table on whatever it is that we're reading that really enhances the book. And it also enhances like how we remember the book and uh, implement it into our lives. Yeah. I, you can do your education on your own. It's like, it's like studying the Bible on your own, right? It's so incredibly difficult. I recall trying to read the Bible, but there's some context and there's some things that you can gain with, without like, getting a bunch of minds together to like, how does this apply to me? And have you thought about this? Or maybe there was a nugget that maybe you, you kind of blew over, but when, but when you can engage in conversation, deeper conversation with other people, it definitely helps you retain the knowledge and maybe apply more and some more practicality. And so I I love that. It kind of goes back to, you know, having mastermind groups to be a part of, whether it be a book club Mm -hmm. or, you know, part of a coaching community 
having a space where you can have deeper conversation uh, about, you know, personal growth and development fundamentally changed my life. So mm. I could not recommend that enough. Yeah. If, if you're listening and you're interested in joining that book club, just you know, reach out to me. I'm sure my info will be somewhere or Jay will have, you know, a link yeah, to it. Put it, it but... in the show notes, check out the show notes. You can contact Julie uh, direct and get involved in her book club. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a great community driven people. And we always say every time it's, it's a safe community. Yeah. We're all transforming. And so also the other benefit of being in a community of that nature is that we're able to now talk about things. And, you know, we forget because we're adults, we forget that we're still learning how to communicate on things. You know, we're no different than children doing their babbling. Our babbling might be in the personal development space, learning how to articulate our thoughts and our ideas on a different, in a different way. And so having a community where it's, you know, it's smaller and it's a safe group of people because everyone's doing that. Now we can, now we can practice basically. Now we have an opportunity to practice getting an idea out and hearing it and hearing how it lands and getting feedback from that. So we can get some checks and balances, which is, I think yeah. really, really helps expedite things. Not that it's Absolutely. a hurry. There is no hurry in life. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's no hurry in life. And I feel like a lot of my life I've spent and I still got to catch myself like rushing, rushing, rushing to do these things. And it's hard to be in the present moment when you're constantly chasing, rushing after things. Yeah, there's just no point. And even you and I, I mean, we had to reschedule this and like things happen and, and all things happen in the right time. Like if we're if we're taking a step every day towards our vision and towards where we believe we're being called, it's all going to work out. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and then listening, I would, I'm just going to add to that. I don't know why. So maybe this is going to land with you, but um, kind of part of this conversation is like learning to trust our intuition mm-hmm. and learning to listen to that inner voice, you know, that is within us. That is just like our subconscious mind knows so much more than we give it credit for. We don't ask our subconscious mind. We don't, re- you know, like, look to that. And yet we make all these decisions based upon it. So. Yeah. I I think that that kind of gives the argument of slowing things down, journaling, meditating, Mm because you have a lot of wisdom in your brain already. A lot of things that you're uh, that, that that's in there that could really help you out. uh, If we just slow down a little bit. And that's, that's one of my, I'm one of those things, take action, do all the things. And I've got to focus on slowing down. I got to remind myself to just, put your foot off the throttle a little bit and it's okay to enjoy life and, and kind of uh, slow mm-hmm. down. You can go fast, get slow down to go fast, slow, yeah, smooth, it. smooth as fast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I think for high performers, that is a trap that, that high performers in general fall into is taking action, taking action and action, action and being so driven. And, and there's such a great dopamine release. It's so addicting. I mean, taking action is like, the best drug there is on the planet yeah. because it's so rewarding and satisfying and it's, you just want to keep doing it. And so learning how to re- release yourself from getting that fix, like switching, what does that fix actually look like and yeah. how can I satisfy that actually in a different way so that I am living a calm, harmonious life versus a life of go, 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 go. Because that's not yeah. attractive to anybody. 
calm and harmonious versus go 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 that's that's i'm in a stage right now where i'm trying to slow the go 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 and get into the calm harmonious phase of my life that's a challenge (laughs) how are you doing that well, it's that's uh, some transitioning from the military right now. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple entrepreneurial paths. Entrepreneurship by itself is challenging. I'm recently married, but my wife lives two hours away. It's <laughs> so I'm just in a stage of life where I'm trying to really navigate and focus like what's most important and how, given mm-hmm. the challenges that we have, how do we make the most of it? And what's the pathway to get to that, to design the life that we ultimately want? And, uh, you know, both of us recently divorced in the last few years are trying to kind of pick up the pieces of life. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this can empathize with that. Like mm-hmm. you get in moment, you get in periods of your life where things might be a little messy for a bit. And but how do you get back to where, where you want to go? And I feel like I'm walking that path now. So it's spending the time on getting mm-hmm. some clarity on what I want and then really restructuring and hence why, you know having that vision of what I want makes the entrepreneurial ship path easier to walk because it's like, I know that's going to give them the freedom to get me to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. But if I choose the path of working for someone else, cause I've been doing that for most of my career and I didn't right. have the freedom that I wanted. Right. Well, no, I want my freedom. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that freedom. So but that path is not an easy one to take. It's you know, take. it's not. And I love what you said about the mess. And, and one of the things that I've learned over the years is that, and I think we're the same, I think we're probably the same age. I get to, I have I'm 44. To, oh no, I'm older than you. Are you really? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I hopefully have the honor of being 46 in, in, you know, next year, early next yeah. year. Yeah. Which would just be, I like, it's always, I like, couldn't yeah. tell you're aging very well. <laughs> uh, you know, I, that, that kind of blows my mind. I didn't think, oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all that to say is like, one of those gifts about like, it would be a gift every year is a gift. My dad dropped dead um, seven years ago, just out of the blue. And so, um, you know, every day that we have is such a gift. And honestly, losing my dad, who was just my like favorite human outside of my husband was like, just really um, could have just totally wrecked and destroyed my world. And I just de- de- determined uh, I will repurpose this for good. And every day, hard thing I've been through. I've, I've always prayed like, like just repurpose this for like good God, like just good things. Repurpose this for good. Mm-hmm. And it always, if that is your intention, it will happen. And so I don't take a day. Like I do not take time for granted. I also often talk about heartbeats, like measure it in heartbeats, you know? And like, is this worth your heartbeats? <laughs> kind of like the chocolate chip cookie. Is this, is this worth the fat <laughs> that I'm going to have to add to my nutrition for today? Um, but all this to say is that in those messy points, um, I had two miscarriages between our kids. And the second one just absolutely wrecked my world. Like just, just brought me into a state of grief because it was like, I'm healthy, I'm fit. I'm like, why would this happen? And I just had like this really beautiful point of acceptance and acceptance of the grieving process. And those losses were not fun by any stretch of the imagination, but those losses prepared me for my dad's loss because I understood more about grief and I understood how to receive that. And I understood how to be comfortable in the mess 
I understood how to be okay with the tears, be okay. I was at a training and it like, they started showing some CPR and it was like my dad's case, like heart attack situation. It was like CPR training. And I literally just like that permission, just like giving that a level of permission to like, okay, I can step aside from this and I can go and I can, I'm, this is what I'm experiencing. And I can go over to the corner. I can leave this room and I can go and I can cry and I can nurture myself. It's like those messy points of life aren't catastrophe. It's a point of redirection. It's feedback saying, Hey, there's something greater for you to do. There's something more for you to pursue. And this experience that you have right now, if you allow it, it will become an anchor point and it will become one of your strongest scars that will serve others well. I think about A Man's Search for Meaning uh, by Viktor Frankl. Have you read that one? I haven't. I've referenced that. That comes up on almost every podcast episode. And I don't do it on purpose. It's just I always have these thoughts. But yeah, that's one of the books that uh, when you pick it up, like it's difficult to put down. It's just so gripping. But um, what I learned from that particular book is I've had a lot of tragedy and traumas in my life. And what I learned from that, and as I just reflect on my life and all the connections that I've had is the, everyone has suffering in their life. And when you read this book, he talks about his suffering that he endured during World War II and all these death camps. And Mm. he's a psychologist or psychiatrist. So he did something in in the psychology field. And so he studied, like, why did some of the people give up? Why did some of them Mm -hmm. cling on to life despite all of like the the worst conditions a human could be yeah. in. Um, and, and what it really, the, the big takeaway that I got is that every single person has suffering on this planet. Mm-hmm. It just comes in a variety of different ways. So mm-hmm. what is the lesson? How can you find the good in that? And how can you help other people not make the same mistakes? And I've learned a lot from the mistakes that I've made. And I've determined that, you know what, I just want to be a lighthouse for other people and help them. And mm-hmm. in doing so, it helps me heal from the traumas that I've experienced in life. Mm-hmm. And, and um, sometimes, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. As in, sometimes they're not even mistakes that we made. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. excuse me, shit happens. <laughs> and it just does. And that is part of what shapes and forms who we are. And it gives us opportunity. I I know for me, like the depth of empathy that I have now towards people is so substantially increased compared to, you know, never experiencing Um, the loss of, you know, a baby growing inside of me or my dad, like my ability, like sit, I mean, especially since losing my dad, um, that really amplified it. Now, if there is a loss, if somebody suffers loss, I'm, I'm more prone to compassion and empathy and understanding. And so like, all of our experiences also allow us to, for better or for worse experiences, allow us to more deeply connect with other man, like humans, people walking the earth, mankind, because we can understand better not to project onto them our feelings, 
But when we have a loss, when we have, we understand pain, Mm -hmm. we understand heartache, sorrow, joy, we understand these things. And when we can connect on those levels, people feel seen and heard and they feel connected and that helps everyone heal. Absolutely. And I I think you can look at these things that happen to us in two different lenses. You can look at it as, you know, tragedy where you can't move beyond it. It becomes, it defines you, Mm -hmm. causes anxiety, depression, a lot of, you know, reasons to not do things, or you can look at it as you can grow from it. What are the lessons Mm -hmm. learned? How can I contribute and add value to other people? So, because there's a lot of people that get something happens to them, shit happens, and they're locked in the cycle that is not healthy for them. And so I look back at my life and I had to let go of some things. And when I did that, yeah. that through therapy and having com- deeper conversations with people, realizing that I wasn't alone, they want me yeah. to unlock a lot of that. And then mm-hmm. how can I look at the other side of the coin on this? And mm-hmm. uh, that really helped me heal from some of the issues that happened to me over my life. I love that. In Untethered Soul, um, that book is very su- it was very surprising to me. Uh, the depth of it, but he talks about how, you know, we could have a thorn in us and to be succinct, it's like we could go around and we could, if we have a thorn, you know, in our foot, we could create all these contraptions to buffer us, but we're only buffering ourselves from the world and, and creating distance, or we could just simply pluck it out. Mm -hmm. I think most of the time it's difficult to find what is this thorn? What is it that's holding me back? Um, And so being willing to do that, that's why that's the value of high performance coaches and therapists, um, both serving very different, you know, people in very different ways. But I mean, we can help people, you and I, as performance coaches, we can help people identify those areas in their life where it's like, you're ready to go to the next level. You know, let's support you in this process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need that outside perspective because sometimes you can't see, you, you can't see what's what's blocking you because you're so entrenched in what you're doing that you need that outside perspective. That's why you know, I talk about this a lot. Is like you know why do the why do major league baseball players have a coach? These are the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Why would they possibly need a coach? Well, they need someone to show them an outside perspective of who they're facing and you know hey, mm-hmm. where's your positioning on the field so we can maximize your strengths. You know, and that's why I think it's so powerful fundamentally transform my life, which is why I'm doing the work that I'm doing now. I suspect the same for you. I cannot imagine not having a coach and I can't see not inviting more coaches. Now I have a podcast coach and I will probably bring on a business coach next year. And you know, right. Like it just, when you have somebody coaching you, so, and you're financially invested (laughs) is, I mean, like we all show up better. We we do. The reality is we all show up better if we have money on the table. And you know, and when you're working with someone that's like a skilled professional, it just allows you to experience life and opportunity in a whole new way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're approaching an hour and I didn't even get to the real estate stuff. So if you're <laughs> up for it, I would love to have you come back and I'd love to dive in like your journey in real estate. Um, if you're up for that, um, I, but I have to. a couple more questions for you as we kind of exit toward the door here. You mentioned your sure. father. What was the greatest lesson your father taught you? Do I only get one? Well, you got, yeah, more. You can, okay. We can, we can okay. keep a couple. 
<laughs> what are some of the greatest lessons your father taught you? He was seriously one of like the best. I, I like he's literally one of the best humans that ever walked the, walked the earth. <laughs> like no joke. Anyone who knew him knew that. Um, just such a really impressive, extraordinary person. In fact, not to go on because we are running out of time, but I mean, he faced trauma in his in his childhood early on. He was born out of wedlock in the 40s which is a very big no-no back then. Uh, and he was at a boarding school, you know, or like as a young child, he was you know, like away from his mom. And I remember he didn't talk about it much, but he spoke about, you know, like they would lock the door. The kids would go outside and they'd lock the door and the kids had to stay outside. <laughs> and it was like, and he was just such a gentle, kind, compassionate human, like just gentleman of all gentlemen. Um, and I think, I'll, I'll give this one takeaway because right now I have, I'm have the privilege of raising a teenage son. I call him a man child because he's the tallest member of the family and he is man size and shaving and all that was that way at 13. Um, but one of the biggest things that my dad did for me was he listened and he said, uh, if you're interested, whatever you're interested in, I'm interested in. And so I would go work out with him in the mornings. And now my son is going to the gym with me in the mornings and my daughter will join us. But right now my son just kind of needs this time. And I would talk to my dad about anything and he never lost his cool. And I, even when I was in high school, I'm like, well, what if Dave and I got married? He didn't flip his lid or anything like that. He's just always just like so calm and present and just willing. Um, And yet he is just an extraordinary real estate professional. And so it's just such a beautiful perspective. So now that's really helped me with my kids in these teen years to say, let me not try, like, we're no longer in this point of let me tell you and shape you. It's can't let me, my dad had influence in my life. So now it's how can I have your trust so that I can influence you? Because my role is no longer to really shape shape you. My role is a trusted guide. And that's Mm. the position I want to find myself in because that's what my dad was to me. He was a very much a trusted guide. I love that. A trusted guide, someone mm-hmm. there to, to confide in, ask you as a resource. I think that's a that's a solid. Uh, it takes a while to develop that relationship, to get your kids to trust you, to be open. I mean, that's my greatest desire for my daughters. Uh, in some aspects, I feel like I'm doing well. Some aspects, you're still trying to find their way. I'm, I might be falling a little short, uh, but that's uh, it's but being engaged with them is is you know, and, and caring. And I like that. Whatever you're interested in, I'm interested in. Yeah. So I will sit and watch him play whatever video game or <laughs> yeah. I do know how to play Minecraft now because of my son, by the way. But, um, but, you know, allowing him to even be the guide and to like, let that be a shared thing and to let them, yeah. let them lead the way versus a lot of us. I'm sure a lot, if you're listening, you're, you might fall into the demographic where, you know, is like, well, the, it's parents and their authority and they're calling the shots and they're saying where you're going and how you're doing it. And instead saying you have a voice, you, you know, you're growing into an adult, you have opinions and you have a perspective. Let's give a place for you at the table to at least articulate that. And we influence each other. Let me give you space to do that. But honestly, that was what my dad did for me. And um, I've really been dissecting that as I'm in these parts of the, 
and, and I really don't like the concept of parenting. I don't want to be a parent. I really want to be, my husband knows this. I'm like, I don't want to be called a parent. I want to earn the privilege. I want to be earn the mm. title trusted guide. Trusted guide. I love that. That's uh that's, that's good stuff. I appreciate that. It makes me, cause I'm having some challenges with my teenagers right now. And that's my, my focus is how can I get them to consistently confide in me and be their resource? And, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a teenage girl with all these different hormones and post COVID. Like we have some challenges that we're dealing with right now. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. real, but you know, how do we want, like, I think sometimes we, we kind of separate the teenagers from adults and it's like, what do we, all humans want to be seen and heard and nobody likes to be judged or told they're wrong. So how do we go about this in a way that is truly guiding and influencing them, but in a really healthy, productive way that doesn't mean that when they leave the house, our relationship is over. But when they leave the house, I mean, I would call my dad. He's my first call sometimes even above my husband. (laughs) Like, This is how, you know, like, I want my kids to want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, what's a uh, high performance question? Uh, this is on topic of a book club. What's number one book you'd recommend to somebody? Aside from Brenda Burchard's High Performance Habits in the subsequent book, The Charge, um, if you haven't read those, I have a book I, right I here. that was not even planned. These are my <laughs> reference books. I'm a high performance coach, so I reference these all the yes. time. I'm sitting right here as my guide. And stuff. Yeah, these are two yes. solid books. I would say in addition (laughs) to those two anchor books, every person needs to read those books and then go back and reread them like they're and use them. I use them like you do. I use them as reference points with um, clients. I'd also recommend Super Coach by Michael Neal. I think in the book club, that was a very surprising book um, for a lot of the people participating. And, And so and it was very surprising to me. He touches a lot. A, on a lot of different high uh, topics, a lot of, a variety of topics. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, anything from your mindset about money to um, your relationships and connection. He really touches on a lot of different things in a very different way. And I, I like reading things that are different because that again helps us get out of that echo chamber. It helps our brain engage because when we're seeing same, we're just like, okay, saw it, saw it, saw it. When it's different, we have to actually stop and think and process. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing, uh, you know, someone taking me on a different perspective, right? Seeing things Mm -hmm. from a different viewpoint. Yes. One final question. I always like to hand over the uh, mic to my host and your podcast host. So what question do you have for me? Oh my gosh. I might want to, I might adopt that on my podcast. That's so much fun. I've, I feel like I asked a few questions along the way, but um, what was the, what was your greatest discovery when, yeah, like in, I would say in the last, like, since we're we're recording this at the end of the year, but this is a question that is evergreen. It could be asked at any given point over the last six months. What's, and we should, we should be asking this question over the last six months, over the last three months. What was my biggest discovery? That's a, that's a, I, I love collecting questions and I, what was my biggest discovery? I've never even, that's a good one. In the oh, last six, man. I'll give you six months. Last six <laughs> months. As a transitioning veteran and a mindset coach and one that really prides myself on just really having it together and being confident. And, but as I've had a lot of conversations with people that are transitioned is that, <sighs> 
no matter who you are, this process of a major part of your identity is really challenging when you go through, when you're reinventing yourself. And I think that uh, not just military veterans, I think people in general go through phases in their life where they may find themselves reinventing themselves. It is incredibly hard and quite humbling. And so I have discovered that even as a mindset coach, it's been incredibly challenging. But the one thing that our mutual coach really made me realize is that's the necessary path that I need to walk in order to help other people. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting like really angry and frustrated. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why can't I? I'm vying for certainty, trying to control what I can't control. All the things that I, you know, I help people like navigate, but I'm finding myself finding it, which is why I think every single person needs a coach because even mm-hmm. coaches need coaches. But being able to get that perspective in my own life gave me a sense of calm and peace and uh, mm-hmm. really helped me like, why am I having the challenges? And, and, and what I realized was it's a necessary path that I have to walk so I can help other people that are going through the same process. So that was my biggest mm-hmm. discovery. I, I love that. And I think if we, if we are earlier on, if we are working with a coach and if we're pursuing consistently pursuing personal development, I think some of these, um, identity crises become less of a um, sticking point because we're more focused on our vision for our life versus and and uh, anchoring our identity in a different way versus to our our jobs or our roles and positions uh, as trusted guide or parent or mommy or daddy or whatever you want to call it. Right? <laughs> like, I think I think that when we have that like vision it really um, helps smooth out that runway. So working with a coach, I'm basically speaking to you listener, like working with a coach and someone who's been there and learned yeah. <laughs> like Jay, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to, you got to get those coaches and mentors in your life. So mm. but Julie, I appreciate you being here. How can people get in contact with you? I'll put all yeah. your contact links in the show notes, but. Fantastic. That's the, that's the best way. Um, I love meeting people. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm a very accessible person, so I don't try to like hide behind a screen somewhere or anything like that. So feel free, uh, join me on one of my walks, uh, via phone call. So you can hop on my calendar and I have it set up right now so that I usually am on the phone doing my, my second workout outside of the day. Um, talking to amazing people like you and um, you know, the more connections that we have, we're, we're not six degrees separate from people. We're more like two degrees separation. I know I gave Jay a few different references before we, you know, came on air and everything. It's like everything we need is just a person away. Mm -hmm. And so the more times we actually really connect with people, um, the more opportunities there are for us to have uh, our needs met and to also serve other people. So hop on my calendar, the link, just go to my website and let's uh, hop on a phone call. Also put all your contact information in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on here, sharing your knowledge and uh, wisdom and appreciate the conversation. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Well, for everyone out there, keep doing hard things. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 
I would also love to know what is your takeaway? What what insight did you get from today's episode? You can screenshot this, send it to me on social, post it on social, tag me, and when you share like that, someone else, someone else out there may need to hear this message today. Only ten percent of people are engaged in personal growth and development, and uh, there could be a nugget here that could put someone in a positive trajectory. So feel free to share that, tag me in it, send me a direct message, send me an email, let me know what your thoughts are, and you can you can connect with me on all social media. You can send me an email at j at jtx.com. Take a moment, leave a review on iTunes. No matter if you're listening to Spotify or any other platform, like iTunes, I guess is the gold standard for uh, for reviews, and it really goes a long way for uh, the algorithm for people searching for personal growth and development, and it helps us go a long way. It means a lot to me that you took a couple minutes to do them. I, I you know read through all of them, and you know it, it just feels good knowing that uh, that this show is impactful. So, if you gain any value, it just has to uh, that you do that. Uh, if you want to level up. You want to take the next step in your personal growth and development. You can go to jtigs.com, J-A-Y-T-I-U-G-S.com. We've got a variety of options. we got one-on-one coaching, high-performance coaching through the High Performance Institute, certified high-performance coach. We've got a few different curriculums that I take people through. I also do group coaching. If you have an organization that needs a speaker or you want a live workshop, I can come in and deliver some training to you and your organization. We also have the exclusive Forge Mastermind Group. That is a, an elite community of like-minded people that are growing together. And uh, we have a weekly call there. And uh, we're going to be rolling out new content for that. And then also we got apparel. So, the uh, you know, we've got to go to dohardthingsapparel.com. Get your Do Hard Things shirt. Show the world that you do hard things. we got hoodies over there. we got hats. we got we got stickers. we got patches. A variety of different things. And we got a, a variety of different models uh, coming out. So, because uh, you can show the world that you do hard things and you can go over there and support us that way. That'd be great. So in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Keep doing hard things. We'll see you guys in the next episode.